The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today we conclude a message begun yesterday by Elder Buddy Abernathy in his series on the book of Revelation. When we left off yesterday, Brother Buddy was reviewing the condition that the Laodicean church was in and demonstrating how that condition is a risk for us today. In the conclusion to that sermon that we're posting today, Brother Buddy moves on and explains to us how that Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 where we read about Jesus knocking at the door does not mean that he's knocking at the door of a dead alien sinner's heart in order to try to get that sinner to do something to save himself, but rather he is seeking to lead a born-again child of God into the right path of discipleship with him. Join us as we conclude this message today with strong encouragements about not becoming lukewarm ourselves. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
know, and I don't want to be too mean about this, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves having a pep rally over that we've got the truth. That doesn't turn other people on. That, that makes them feel inferior. That makes them feel intimidated. He, Jesus says to his church made up of baptized believers who are obviously his children, he says you've become so lukewarm that you're not even interested in spiritual things. And if, if you think it hurts hearing this, just think if you were preaching it. He knows and the Lord takes note when the only thing on our mind after church is whether or not Alabama won yesterday. The Lord sees that. That's a symptom of lukewarmness when you can talk about everything except the Word of God. Jesus says, I'm knocking on the door. I'm not inside. I'm not eating with you. I'm not fellowshipping with you. You don't even see me. See, the doors didn't have windows in those days. I'm, and I'm not out there banging rudely on the door. I'm just knocking on the door. I feel that all the time, don't you? Amen. Buddy, you ought to be reading the Bible, but you're watching something on TV. Lord's knocking on the door all the time. He could knock it down if he wanted to, but that's not the way he works with his children. I stand at the door and knock. If any man, notice this doesn't say, if Zion Church as a body. No. See, we can't blame anybody or excuse ourselves for the condition we might be in based on the condition other folks are in. He says, if any man hear my voice. Now, the last verse of this chapter says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the, ch unto the churches. So what, what does he mean here when he says, if any man will hear my voice? He's speaking, first of all, of people that have the ability to hear. That's what he's talking about. And, he's, and the idea here is as a child of God who is born again, who has the ability to pick up on spiritual things and receive spiritual things in the same way that a radio can receive the signals that are in this room right now. As a born-again child of God, you have the ability to receive the things of the Spirit. And he's the, so the idea here when he says, if any man hear, he's saying, if any man will listen. Now, you remember... In John 5.25, speaking of the new birth, which is unconditional on our part, Jesus says the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. The dead. Not talking to the dead here. When Jesus spoke to Lazarus, he wasn't knocking on the door. He said, Lazarus, come forth. 
Lazarus was physically dead. He heard the voice of Jesus and got up from the dead. And when a child of God is yet dead and trespasses in sins, they hear the voice of the Son of God and they live. But here he's speaking to people that can already hear and he's saying, listen, quit ignoring me. You know, it's a blessing that you have the ability to ignore the Lord because that, again, is evidence that you're His child. There are some people that do not hear spiritually. You know, um, we it finally quit working, but we have a little deep freeze on the back porch. And, you know, I'm like a lot of people are. When, when, when something you own begins letting you know something is wrong we just ignore what it's telling us you know how many of you have kept driving your vehicle when it says check engine or maintenance required a lot of times that's just my norm maintenance required the oil needs changing well it cut that light stays on but you just ignore it we had a a, a freezer on the deck that for some reason, the alarm was malfunctioning. You know, the purpose of the alarm is to, to, for it to start beeping uh, when, when, when it's not as cold as it needs to be. In other words, it's letting you know that your food is going to spoil. Well, our freezer worked fine, but that alarm would just randomly go off. And Tina has... She, she can't hear as well as I can. She had some problems with her ears, especially when she was young. And a lot of times I'll say, Tina, you hear that? All I have to do is go out there and reset it. You hear that? No, I don't hear it. Beep, beep. I just keep hearing that. See, I have the ability to hear it. Problem is, I don't do anything about it. I do enough to say, leave me alone. And how sad it is that sometimes God's children only do that. Lord, leave me alone. And I can show you from the Bible that if you say, Lord, leave me alone long enough, He will. Again, we're not talking about He'll cast you into the lake of fire. But you don't like it when people ignore you, do you? People ignore me, I just get quiet. Why, why try to tell them anything? Right. Lord says, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now there's a difference between observing other children of God enjoying the Lord's fellowship and enjoying it yourself. Let's say, for example, that you've, say your car broke down and it was cold and rainy and you walked about a mile to get home and you're extremely cold and you're wet and you feel bad and you look through the window and you see your family nice and warm having a good meal everything's great they're rich and increased with goods and you knock on the door 
and they ignore you. Does seeing them comfortable make you comfortable? <laughs> no. You're just as miserable as you were when your car broke down a mile away from home. And see, uh, that's how we're treating the Lord. Again, I'm not saying that the Lord needs us. But did you know the Bible says we can grieve the Spirit of God? We can do despite unto the Spirit of grace. We can crucify the Son of God afresh. We can count the blood of the covenant where we, wherewith we were sanctified an unholy thing. God has feelings. You know, I'm prone not to think that way. I'm prone to think, well, you know, the Lord's this sovereign, perfect being, which He is, but if he loved you so much that he gave his only son, I, I sort of doubt that Brother Chris would be willing to give his only grandchild to save you. But God loved you so much that he gave his son to save you. Is God therefore unaffected when we trample him underfoot? And we do that when we... Read God's Word and know what it says and say, well, I'm not comfortable with that. Isn't it amazing the things we will say? I'm not comfortable with that. I mean, people make fun of me. Well, hello, what did Jesus go through? I believe he was made a little more than uncomfortable. I stand at the door and knock. If any man Hear my voice and open the door. I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. In other words, Jesus says, and I don't mean this in an irreverential way, Jesus says, I will benefit from it and you will benefit from it. I will sup with you. Jesus is not just going to sit down and watch you eat. I'm going to sup with you and you with me. Now, notice how this principle is taught several places in the Bible. First of all, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 31, notice what Jesus says here. But rather seek ye the first, the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now that's a, that's a good step to take in getting out of a lukewarm condition, isn't it? Seek first the kingdom of God. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Well, I don't go to church because there are just such a few people there. That's no excuse. Remember, if any man will open the door. Here he says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto him 
immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Notice here he adds that word immediately. We ought to always open the door immediately. As soon as we realize that the Lord's knocking and saying, hey, you're not where you were. You're not paddling, uh, traveling the path you should. Look also in, um, in John chapter 14. This just sort of encapsulates uh, everything we've said so far about the Lord knocking and how we ought to open the door. Uh, notice how simple this is. In John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's about as simple as you can make it, isn't it? Now, he's not saying that God hates you like he did Esau unless you actively love him. That's not the point here. The point simply is that God will manifest his love towards you. We could go all through the Bible and show you that God chose you and loved you in Christ before the world began. That is an unconditional love. This is a conditional love. Here, notice he says, if a man love me, he will keep my words. You know, it's easy to say, oh, I love the Lord. Well, the test is obedience. <laughs> See, that's objective. Nobody can prove by your feelings whether or not you love the Lord or not. You know, you can say anything, but he says, here's how you know whether or not you love the Lord. If a man love me, he will keep my words. He's the one that when he reads something in the Bible and he's, concludes, well, that's not the way I'm living my life. If you love the Lord, you're going to immediately open the door, say, Lord, I want to do things your way. I want to enjoy your fellowship. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him and notice this. And we, now he's certainly talking there at least about God the Father and God the Son, but how does the Lord manifest Himself to us in our lives? It's via the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Look what we're losing out on when we hear the Lord knocking and we just ignore it. Going about our way. The Lord says, if a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. And then go back now to the book of Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh. This is simply talking about the person that repents. If you go back and look at these letters to the different churches and I'll just look at what I see turning back. Notice uh, in chapter 2 verse 17, to him that overcometh. Chapter 2, verse 26, and he that overcometh. Chapter 3, verse 5, he that overcometh. Chapter 3, verse 12, he that overcometh. I think the Lord wants us to overcome. And he says, with regard to this culture of America today, where it's so easy to be lukewarm, I'm comfortable, I have everything I need, I don't feel my dependence on the Lord. See, that's what the real problem is. It's not that we're not dependent upon the Lord, we just don't feel our dependence. To him that overcometh, and this is just some more Symbolic picture language of the same point. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Now do you know when it was that Jesus was set down with his Father in his throne? It was after full obedience. Jesus said, I came in the world in John chapter 6, I came not to do mine own will, but the will of him which has sent me, and this is the will of him that sent me, that of all which the Father giveth me, I should lose nothing but raise it up at the last day. And the only way that could take place, the only way that his children without the loss of one will be raised up, and taken to glory the last day is a, the only way that can happen is if Jesus accomplished what he came to do. And notice how this is so clearly described in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 10. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 12. L let's, yeah. Uh, let's begin with verse 11 and uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11 and every priest standeth daily he does he's not set down every priest standeth daily ministering and often oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins have you ever heard someone say well the purpose of those sacrificial offerings was to roll our sins forward nope the purpose of those offerings were to remind you that your sins haven't been rolled forward. He says, every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made as footstool. In other words, Jesus... And again, I don't mean any irreverence by this, but Jesus sat down and relaxed because the only thing that, left, that is left will require no sacrifice on his part. 
He's going to come in all His glory and flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. And in that same context, it says, you which are troubled, rest with us. See, there's not going to be anybody spitting on Jesus when He comes back next time. <laughs> every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. The wicked will call upon the rocks to fall upon them when they see the Lord coming in such mighty vengeance and wrath upon the wicked and to deliver His children out of this present evil world. For by one offering, that's one of my favorite verses, by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. The sanctified are those that are set apart. The sanctified are those that were chosen Christ before the world began. And you can't, un you can't misunderstand this without assistance. By one offering, what did he do for those that he set apart, that he chose in Christ? By one offering, he hath perfected them forever. Now, Jesus sat down when he finished this work. And that's why we can read in Revelation 3, verse 21, where he says, I overcame and am set down, S-E-T. He sat down, S-A-T, and now he's set down. In other words, that he has actively sat down and that's where he's going to stay until the Father tells him, I'm ready for you to go get my children. Jesus says, in the same way that I've that I'm set down by my Father. He says, if you overcome, I will grant you to sit with me in my throne. And again, I know there's probably a lot to this I don't see, but the basic lesson here is fellowship with Jesus. Verse 22, he that hath an ear, now notice this, in this doctrinal point. This only applies to those that have an ear. This isn't talking about a, a natural ear or a physical ear. This is talking about a spiritual ear. A person that is uh, born uh, deaf with some severe uh, uh, defect or uh, disability in, in their ear, uh, they, they don't have the ability to hear. And in the same way, unless someone is born again, they don't have the ability to hear spiritual things. And Jesus is saying, I'm talking to people that have the ability to hear. Let him hear. And again, that just simply means, listen up. Don't ignore me. I'm knocking. I'm not knocking the door down. I'm not banging so hard that you can't tolerate it. I'm just knocking on the door. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now it's interesting to me that although he's addressing one church here, yet he concludes this portion of Revelation that's written to seven churches 
by saying, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. In other words, this condition could apply or the culture could so get in a state that God's people are prone to become lukewarm. <clears throat> and so whether it's one of these other six churches or whether it's Zion Church, living in a, cult, living in a culture that is rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. There's probably not a person here today that has any need in terms of you being able to continue living your physical life the rest of this day and as far as you can see in the foreseeable future. Yeah, we're living through a time of inflation and financial difficulty. You know, the last time I went to Florida and you look at the traffic, you wouldn't know gas cost anymore. There's no, there's no less traffic than there was when it was a third of what it was now. And in, and in like manner, uh, when, when, when we live our lives, most of us, and I don't want to belittle it, I probably have as many financial struggles as anybody here, but I'm not hungry yet. You know, you can still get rice and beans pretty cheap. And I, I don't want that diet. I've never been on that diet. But you know, you, it'll nourish you and you won't be hungry. So the Lord's blessed us. There's still food on the shelves. Let us do what we can to press into the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. We have to make an effort. <laughs> We have to press into the kingdom. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.